0: Thanks for joining us. I hope today's message builds your faith and inspires you to change the way you think. Today we celebrate Pentecost. Pastor Dwayne is going to tell us what Pentecost is and what happened, and explains why we need the Holy Spirit to really have a whole relationship with God. Let's take a look.
1: Today, for those of you who don't know, it's Pentecost. Now that may not mean much to some of us, but let me, let, let me just kind of... Help you. The children of Israel are in Egypt, and God literally protects them on what's referred to as Passover. They put the blood on the, the sides of their door and above the door, and when the death angel passed through, God said, I will not permit him to do any harm. That was Passover. The children of Israel leave Egypt, they go through the desert, and, and this is quite the story, by the way, and, and this is kind of how Christian life seems to go. But the Bible says it's an 11-day journey from Egypt to Kadesh Barnea. It took them 40 years. In other words, just because you get saved and you get out of Egypt doesn't mean you're going to get right into everything that God has for you. It it, it can take you 11 days or it can take you 40 years. However, Fifty days after they leave Egypt, they're at Mount Sinai. Moses climbs up the mountain and meets with God. And God, with his own finger, writes on some tablets of stone. And Pentecost is the celebration of receiving the law. So in Jewish synagogues all over the world today... There is a special, special service and festival, really, of receiving the law. And what Pentecost actually means, Penta means five, no pentagrams, five sided. Cost is 10, so it's five tens. So Pentecost, all it means is 50. How many know that's really scary? Because a lot of people are scared of Pentecost, but all that it means is 50, and it's the celebration of receiving the law. In the Old Testament, uh, I know some people like uh, have, have even come up and asked me and said, "You know, are we Pentecostal? Is this church Pentecostal?" Well, first of all, I'd say that we believe in water baptism, but we're not Baptist. All right, we're, we're non-denominational. Now, that's not better, but it's it's just it's just different. All right, and we believe in the baptism of the holy spirit but we are not part of a pentecostal denomination right we believe and follow the bible right and uh, this church and you know we've started some 30 churches and they're all autonomous right in other words we don't get directions from headquarters right we're a fellowship but it's relational right now again i don't want to say that because we're denominational we're better we're just, we're just different, and you never want to put down what somebody else believes. But we believe in the person, the power, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And we believe every Christian needs to have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. Every single believer. In Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all of one accord in one place. So at that time, what they were doing, literally multitudes of people would be headed towards the temple. In fact, it's a a great celebration. In fact, the Bible mentions then 18 different nations that are represented when the Holy Spirit falls, 18 nations. So they're there for this Feast of Pentecost, They're there for the the celebrating of receiving the law. Now, what happened on Pentecost, it says there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking their own language. They were confused, kind of like the Tower of Babel which literally means confusion. At the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis, chapter 11, they all spoke one language, and they came in pride and rebellion against God. But on Pentecost, we find them in submission and humility, and they had, once again, everybody was able to understand each other. In Pentecost, really, is kind of like a reverse of the Tower of Babel. It's, it's the best reversal of the separation that took place at Babel, where through the Holy Spirit, we all come together. Uh, at, at when, the, when the law was given at Mount Sinai, the Bible says that God descends, there's a loud noise, there's a cloud, there's fire, Right? God writes on tables of stone with his own finger. He writes out the law, right? And I think it's interesting, before Moses got down from the mountain with the law, they'd already broken it to such a degree that Moses just took the thing and he broke it. He said that he hadn't even got down with it and the people had already messed up, right? And they ended up, because of the the, the sin that was going on, about 3,000 people died. Bible says well on Pentecost there was a loud noise there was fire and God wrote the law on men's hearts and the Bible says that about 3,000 people were saved it's kind of the reverse right when the law was given they couldn't keep the law but now the spirit of God comes down to put the law in our hearts right? well the question of course is Can we experience Pentecost today? In Acts 2 and verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all of one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire that set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want you to notice that that the, the, the fire represents the Holy Spirit, and it appeared like a tongue upon each of them, every single person received. Now, this is referred to in the Bible as the baptism in the Holy Spirit, not of the Holy Spirit, But the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and well, I'll begin with the 12th verse. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body are one. Being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So when a person becomes a believer, they are taken by, for by one spirit. The Holy Spirit takes us and puts us, literally the word the Bible uses is baptizes us, which means to immerse into the body of Christ. It's what the Holy Spirit does to us. And he takes us and puts us into the body, baptizes us into the body. And then, of course, we all know about water baptism. Jesus said when he was, that we were to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And really, water baptism is a sign to the world, to the devil, to anybody who's watching, that your old life is gone and that you have now identified with Christ. Your old man died, and some of you know when somebody dies, we bury him. And so we bury that old man. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 that you come up in newness of life. We come up to live a different life. It's saying, I am in Christ. Right, And there is a tremendous amount of spiritual power that is available when a person is baptized in water. When the children of Israel go through the Red Sea, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, they were all baptized unto Moses. It's a type of baptism. And it says that they were baptized in the sea and under the cloud. The sea represents water baptism. The Bible says they passed all night and went through the sea and the bible tells us that that cloud at night was a pillar of fire a pillar of fire it represents the baptism in the holy spirit now when they went through this is what moses said he says your enemies you see today he said you will see no more again forever in other words that water baptism the power of god is present to deliver from anything, any bondage that a person has. So there is a baptism by the Spirit into the body of Christ. There's a baptism in water, which today we do as believers. But then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, it's it's interesting that this is one of the very few things that is mentioned in all four Gospels. All four gospel writers talk to us today about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We find the birth of Jesus in all the gospels, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the feeding of the 5,000, really the burial of Jesus with Joseph of Arimathea, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, when, when God puts it everywhere, it's because he does not want you to miss it. In Matthew chapter 3 verse 11, John said, I indeed baptize you in water under repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I'm not worthy to carry. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, John was not just talking to Jesus' disciples. Those disciples actually weren't even called until the fourth chapter. right? But what he's talking about is something that is for all believers. And it is part of Jesus' present day ministry. What Jesus does today is he baptizes in the Holy Spirit. At salvation, the Holy Spirit takes you and puts you into the body of Christ. It says, for by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body. The Holy Spirit takes you and puts you into the body. But what Jesus wants to do is he wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Right? And again, this is mentioned in every single one of the Gospels in Matthew, in Mark, Luke, and John. Right? So there's salvation. At salvation, there's a baptism that automatically takes place. The Holy Spirit takes you and puts you into the body of Christ. There's baptism in water where the person says, I believe, I identify with Christ, I'm burying the old man. They're baptized in water. And then there is a third baptism which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit which is a baptism which Jesus himself does. And by the way, Jesus is our example Jesus is our example and if we look at Jesus well the first thing is this Jesus didn't need to be baptized into his own body you say why because he was born right the first time right? those of the rest of us we get born again but then we see that Jesus went and he was baptized in water by John the Baptist and John's like look I need to be baptized by you but Jesus said permit it so now For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. He says this is the right thing to do. And if you haven't been baptized in water, listen, it is the right thing to do. It's the thing that Jesus commands us to do as believers. But then there's that baptism in the Spirit. When Jesus was baptized with water, the Bible says that immediately... Coming up out of the water, the heavens were parted, and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. And it's interesting that that his ministry did not begin until the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And if Jesus needed the person of the Holy Spirit, how much more every one of us? So much more. So the pattern in Scripture is to be saved, and the Holy Spirit puts you into the body of Christ. Believers baptize you in water, and then Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.38, then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of us are supposed to repent? All. How many of us are supposed to be baptized in water? How many are supposed to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? All. All. And if we look at what happened in the book of Acts, let's just start with Acts chapter 8. We've kind of looked at Acts chapter 2. But in Acts chapter 8, now this is only about five years or so after the day of Pentecost that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. The people with one accord gave heed unto those things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did for unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed with them and many that were taken with the palsy and the lame were healed. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, They were baptized, both men and women. So Philip, he's one of the original seven deacons. He's preaching. They believe what he preaches about the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus, and they are baptized in water. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. How many would say they're they're, they're saved? Kind of wave at me. I want to know that you're with me this morning. All right, they're saved. Verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Uh, It's not typically used in, in our culture, but in many cultures, Christian cultures, receiving the word of God is a term that's used when someone believes. In fact, Peter said... "...being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, even of the Word of God, which lives and endures forever." So Peter is giving us his testimony that when you receive the Word of God, you're born again. You are born again. When the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the Word of God, they sent unto them, Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might live good Christian lives." No, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, only they'd been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. So these people believed They were baptized in water, but how many of them had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Not a single one. Not one. Now, so often what we we have heard is that, well, when you get saved, you just get everything that there is. But that is obviously not at all what we see in the Bible. In fact, even with the disciples, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Did they receive? Absolutely, the Holy Spirit was in them. But yet he said to them, he said, but tarry in Jerusalem and you wait for the promise of the Father. He said, you wait because John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's what he said. And he said, you, verse 8, he said, but you shall receive power dunamis when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Acts 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, having come through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you received the Holy Ghost when? Since you believed. It's when you receive Jesus, you automatically have the Holy Spirit come. He comes inside you. He takes you, and he immerses you into the body of Christ. But Jesus' present-day ministry is to take you and immerse you in the Holy Spirit. The difference is this. It's one thing to have a drink of water, and it's another thing to go swimming. When you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you. He is in you. Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. They received, but he said, you need to wait for the promise of the Father because John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus said, what you've got, it's good. It's right, but there is more. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said to him, we have not even heard whether there be a Holy Spirit or a Holy Ghost. They went to the same church I did growing up <laughs> because we didn't hear either. The only, we, we knew the Holy Spirit existed because every Sunday morning we repeated the Apostles' Creed, which mentioned the Holy Spirit. So he, we knew that he existed, but nothing about what he would do or could do. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. He said, well, how then were you baptized? Because when you get water baptized, you ought to at least hear that the Holy Ghost exists, right? Because you get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when you get water baptized, you ought to at least know there's something out here about the Holy Spirit. He said, well, how were you baptized? They said, well, we received John's baptism. And he said, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Believed, water baptized. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, notice, it was not automatic. Have you you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He tells them, explains to them about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, about water baptism. They're water baptized, they believe, and then Paul puts his hands on them. Paul, the greatest apostle, that literally, Paul wrote about 40% of the books in the New Testament. He went to heaven and came back. Now, how many of you think, Paul, Paul and, and literally Paul said, the gospel I preach, Jesus taught it to me. How many of you think he had bad doctrine? <laughs> Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He didn't say to these guys, well, you're water baptized now. They said, uh, you've got everything. No, he laid his hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And by the way, this was 25 years after Pentecost, 25 years later. Now now somebody says, well, is there there any benefit? Is there any benefit? Well, first of all, Jesus said in Acts 1 in verse 8 that when the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he says, you will receive power and you will be witnesses unto me. Number one, is the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not so much for you as it is for you to be a witness. To be a witness. Now, I know some people think, oh, witnessing. Now, now if, if you're asked to go to court and be a witness, what are you supposed to do? All you're supposed to do is tell what you saw and what happened to you. That's all you're supposed to do. What did you see? What happened to you? And you know what? The Holy Spirit comes to enable us. uh, This is not about doctrine. This is about being a witness. This is what God has done for me. This is what I, how many of you can tell what God has done? That's all we're supposed to do is tell what God has done. I think it's interesting when the Holy Spirit fell at the day of Pentecost, it says, they all heard them speaking their own language and telling the wonderful works of God. No doctrine. Right. All it was was, this is what God's done. This is what God's done. And, and you know, I know there's people with arguments, but let me tell you something. The person with a testimony always wins over the person with an argument. Because this is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2. He who speaks in an unknown tongue. Now, I know some people, they think that's scary. It's not scary. It says that you don't speak to men, but to God. I've heard people say, well, I heard somebody speaking in tongues, and it sounded like a bunch of gibberish to me. Well, number one, they weren't talking to you. <laughs> the Bible says you are not talking to men. So you should just quit eavesdropping. Because they're talking to God. And it says, no man understands. You are not supposed to understand. Right. And here's what they're doing. They're talking to God. They're talking. How many of you know that is good? In fact, what happens is it is the Holy Ghost bypass operation. Right. The Holy Ghost knows that all your problems are in between your ears. 1 right. Corinthians 14, verse 14 kind of explains what happens. It tells us that when we speak in an unknown tongue, our spirit, by the Holy Spirit, within me prays. But my mind, King James, is unfruitful, amplified, unproductive, bears no fruit, helps nobody. So your mind does not know what your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, is talking to God about. In other words, there's no selfish prayers. You will never be praying in tongues and say, God, bless me, my wife, our son, his wife, us four, no more, Acts 2-4. You You'll never pray like that. Right? Because, because it's the Holy Spirit bypassing your messed up brain, my messed up brain, right? talking directly to God. In the fourth verse, it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now, that means you build yourself up. We are in an edifice, something that has been built up. And somebody says, there it is, that praying in tongue stuff. It's selfish. Well, if you need $10 and I'm broke, I can't help you. Is that not true? But if I've got an abundance, I can help you. And spiritually speaking, it's the same. When you're edified, when you're built up, you can help somebody else. the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not so much about you as it is about helping others it's about being able to witness it's about having this power for the things on the external the, the outside let me just close with one last verse in Jude now this is the second to the last book in the Bible just one chapter it says but you beloved building yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit Praying in the Holy Spirit. It will build you up when you pray in the Spirit. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Whoa! How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keeping yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion. Making a distinction. Now now literally what it begins to talk about is about winning lost people and about finding people that are drifting away from God and bringing them back. What it's saying is this, that when you pray in tongues, it gives you a heart for lost people. It gives you a heart for lost people. The, uh, the, the prophet Isaiah prophesied about speaking in tongues, and he said this in Isaiah 28, For with stammering lips and another tongue I will speak to this people. The Apostle Paul quotes that in 1 Corinthians 14 and says, it's talking about tongues. To whom he said, this is the rest with which I will cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Saying, speaking in tongues spiritually, it is a refreshing, it is a rest, it builds you up on your most holy faith. So if you've been watching and you know in your heart that you're not right with God. You feel this distance. You don't know you're forgiven. Would you please pray this prayer with me? If you say you want to get right with God, just bow your head and pray this out loud. Make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And right now I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer that my past is gone, that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, God heard your prayer and you're right with God. You've taken your first step into the kingdom of God, but you should keep on growing spiritually. And I actually wrote a book to help you keep doing that. And I want to send it to you absolutely free. You can download the book or you can contact us, we'll send you a copy free of charge. And it is full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. May God bless you and keep on serving Jesus.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Duane, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. You can find today's message available for free on our app where you can watch it right there or download it and save it for later. You can also follow along with Pastor's scriptures and share images on your social media. Or you can find today's program and others at walkingbyfaith.tv. Just click on Watch Latest Program. And as always, you can purchase a copy in the WVF store. We are so excited to let you know about an awesome opportunity to help impact the world with Walking by Faith. Due to the generosity of some of our partners, today any gift that you give will be matched. If God is using this ministry to strengthen your faith, please consider making a donation today and help us make use of these matching funds while they're available. If you need someone to pray with or God is just doing amazing things in your life, we would love to hear about it. You can contact us by phone, email, through our app, on Facebook, or Instagram. We'll see you again next week. Until then, be blessed.